This show has bad words and spoilers. If you don't like that, then you can bite my shiny metal ass. Please listen responsibly, you stupid human. Beer me your ears, it's time for Beer Me a Movie. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And this is a show where Bry Guy and I go back and forth beering each other movies, things we want to talk about, but it's just a couple of fugly sluts drinking and talking about <laughs> movies. That is exactly what it is. And on Wednesdays, we wear pink. Of course. And the ponytail? Only once a week. Or else you're a bitch. You can't sit with us. You can't sit with us at lunch. There's rules. We live in a society. <laughs> this isn't Nom, dude. Wrong movie. Wrong movie. <laughs> it kind of is like Nom, though. Like the high school version of Nom. The high school version of Nom. Is that like offensive to Nomers or? Probably. Oh, well. <laughs> can't take it back now. Exactly. We what are they we've gone do? too far. What are they going to do? Write about it in their burn book? That's right. They're not going to sit with us at lunch. They're going to talk about how we're too gay to function or something. Other lines from this movie. Et cetera, et cetera. Because this week, it was Brian's turn to beer us all a movie. And he beered us one that he's been telling me to watch for years. And I kind of understand why now. Because he has beered us Mean Girls from 2004, directed by Mark Waters. It's the one and only from, you know, Mr. Popper's Penguins fame. Right, that's where my head always goes instantly. The guy who was like, him. well, someone has to direct Bad Santa too." He didn't even do the first one? Nope. The first one's a holiday classic. I agree. And the second one exists. Exists. Now, you have seen this before, Obvi. Yes. And you love this movie, I'm assuming. I am a big fan of this movie. I don't know if I love it, but it is a movie that I keep finding myself quoting and going back to. Um, you know, like the rest of the world. It makes sense. This thing is a weird modern cult classic. Yeah. I really liked it. In the weird way that like it was successful when it came out and then still managed to gain cult status afterwards. Somehow. Against, I don't want to say it was against all odds. This movie stacked. So it was totally with the odds. <laughs> How about we just dive right into this thing? Let's dive into it and assign this thing our uh, untitled score. Which, of course, consists of 10 categories, completely arbitrary. But if we match that Rotten Tomato score at the end, we have to pound our drinks. I didn't even look at the Rotten Tomatoes again. I like the surprise. I have no clue what it is. But our first category is story motivation, and we're going to pull the synopsis directly off of Wikipedia. Godspeed. We all know Wikipedia doesn't give a shit most of the time. 16-year-old homeschooled Katie Heron, played by Lindsay fucking Lohan. I'm giving it to her. I would have been offended if you didn't. Because, damn it, in this movie, is she acting? Because in 2021, The New Yorker ranked her performance in this movie the 11th best of the 21st century. Is that why? That's crazy to me. Yeah, the list was, admittedly, buck wild. <laughs> the list went everywhere, and I never expected to see it number 11, Lindsay nope. Lohan. <laughs> but it, there was. She and her parents, played by Anna Gesteyer and Neil fucking Flynn, Anna fucking Gesteyer and Neil fucking Flynn, return to the United States after 12 years in Africa, settling in Evanston, Illinois. I wish they were my parents. 
And that's not to say I don't love and adore my parents, but let's face it, my parents not on a gas tire, Neil fucking Flynn. I too wish my parents were not Catherine Hahn and the janitor. Yanni Tor. Yanni Tor. Scrubs fame. Not enough scrubbing happening here. It's not enough scrubbing, but it would have been badass if he like is looking at Lindsay Lohan in this movie and he's like, <laughs> listen, you're going to public school, but be real careful. You're also gonna end up with like a thumb pinky. <laughs> what you gotta do the first day when you get to the new school, just put a penny in the door. <laughs> After an intimidating first day at North Shore High School, Katie befriends outsiders Janice Ian, played by Lizzie fucking Kaplan, and Damian Lee, played by Daniel Franzese. They're both terrific, and I want them to be my friends. They're so much fun. They're great. They immediately accept this weird new girl. What makes her weird? She's new. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) She's from Africa. She says jumbo to people. She does, but that's just her trying to fit in. It's what she knows. Yeah. And what she knows is weird. Apologies to the entire African continent for Brian. No, not the African content. People who randomly live in Africa and then come back to Illinois and try to treat Illinois like it's Africa. Yeah, okay, I see where you're going. Good, because I don't. Yeah, I'm just trying to pull the shoot for you, buddy. (laughs) You can keep falling out of this plane if you want. (laughs) (laughs) They explain the school's various cliques and warn her to avoid the plastics. A group consisting of wealthy but insecure Gretchen Wieners, played by Lacey fucking Chabert, sweet but dim-witted Karen Smith, played by Amanda fucking Seyfried, and Queen Bee Regina George, played by Rachel fucking McAdams. Again, this movie is stacked. Stacked. Never mind there's an eight-year difference between Rachel McAdams and Lindsay Lohan. Isn't there, like, a nine-year difference between Rachel McAdams and her mom in this movie amy poehler amy fucking poehler yeah i feel like i read that too it was like yeah who gives a shit who cares whatever works when katie is invited to sit with the plastics at lunch janice persuades her to infiltrate the ruling clique i really appreciate the dynamics at play here we all know the little cliques that we all had in high school yeah the certain tables and whatnot that during lunch especially but it's interesting how much janice shits all over the plastics even though she is just as bad oh, yeah. in her own way. But that made me so happy because it felt realistic. Yeah. Like, who do you know in high school who's a decent person? Come on. <laughs> I was a decent person. Yeah, okay, Brian. I like to think I was a decent person. <laughs> We're going to get there, actually. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we have a question about how uh, not decent of people we were in high school. Oh. <laughs> do you want? We can actually get there now. Mike Lanham asks, what is the worst thing that we ever did to someone in high school. And on the flip side, what's the worst thing that was ever done to you? He said the statute limitations has been lifted and <laughs> any PTSD that has been brought back up, I-, I guess it's not on him at this point. All right. Um, well, I really don't know. I can't think of anything bad I did to anybody in high school. I can. Like, no thought involved. <laughs> and I was a pretty good kid. I'm intrigued. But I had a very big crush on one girl senior year. And like me and I were talking. You know, as you do. Yeah, you know. And you're kind of like feeling out. You're like, I think it's mutual, but I'm not totally sure. And then one of my friends was like, I'm totally going to ask her to prom. To which that day, I asked her to prom. Nice. And she said, yes. And you want to know what I did? Vince McMahon walked throughout the entire school. As you should. For like two months, man. (laughs) Felt good. I'm not friends with that guy anymore, by the way. But uh, yeah. What are you going to do, right? What are you going to do? It was a dick move. It was, but, I mean, he probably should have known, too, right? I don't know. She was nice enough that she 
probably would have said yes to him too. So it was a pity prom yes. Or the early bird gets the homecoming queen, because that's what it was. Oh, damn. Oh, damn, indeed, my friend. Look at you. All personality. That's all you need. (laughs) Well, the worst thing that ever happened to, the worst thing that somebody did to me was, I really like this girl, but this guy went up to her before I could ask her to prom, and he asked her to prom. Hey, man. Early bird. Yeah. You wish. (laughs) You wish that was you. (laughs) Second worm lives. I'm trying to think of the worst thing that was done to me. I might need time on that one because it's probably like deep in the subconscious. Yeah, I haven't. I've probably locked that memory away in a burn book and put it on a shelf and forgot all about it. I'm sure it'll come up at some point. Let me chew on it for a bit. Yeah. I got to go to a dark place. In the meantime, Katie becomes attracted to Aaron Samuels, played by Jonathan Bennett, who was hired because he kind of looks like Jimmy Fallon. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. In the sense that he has facial features. Yeah, just he's in got general, a like he has a mouth, a nose, and two eyes, and hair, and hair, and he smiles. Probably yes, he often. does. <laughs> and he would probably break character and laugh in a sketch if he were given that opportunity. He's a senior in her calculus class, and Regina's ex-boyfriend. Katie also learns about the Burn Book, a scrapbook the plastics fill with cruel rumors about students and faculty. That's just so mean. So mean. Why put it into writing? That's incriminating. Exactly. It is incriminating. We'll get there. Did you have anything like this going on at your school? Like a burn book type situation? No. I don't think I did either. Like, these are particularly mean girls. Yeah, they are like the meanest of mean girls. I feel like the worst you got in high school was like somebody would color in somebody they didn't like in the yearbook. Like, give them a little mustache and color out a tooth. I think the worst I would get is like, I never put a lock on my locker, ever. And realistically, I never used my locker. But I would always just kind of walk by and slide papers into the little slots in it. And then it was really fun senior year when I opened that thing up and I was like, holy shit. It's just full of paper. Uh, But there were pictures drawn on the inside of that door uh, when I left. And um, that wasn't great. Oops. They were dicks, Brian. People drew dicks. I figure. And it was very funny. And I have no idea how I didn't get in trouble for that at some point. But I feel like most of the drawings you do in high school are dicks. No, I'm, I don't want to say that it was dicks. Like, a locker is, what, five feet tall? Yeah. I like. Are you saying it was a foot? dick? No, a it five was foot dick? many a dick. Oh, okay. Like, an absurd amount of dick. Like, like a Jonah Hill amount of drawn dicks, <laughs> super bad style. Just every time somebody walked by their locker. I don't know who did it, which is the worst part about it. Like, obviously, I didn't have a lock on it, but I think I had, like, the draw a dick locker when it was all said and yeah. done. <laughs> I wonder if it was one person the entire time. Maybe it was the guy who had stole his prom date. Oh, it could be. <laughs> it could be. I, I, I would have no idea of knowing. Every time I walk by Dave's locker from now until the end of high school, another dick inside. But it wasn't even just, like, the same dick over and over, like... Some were tall dicks, some were short dicks, some were hairy, and some were veiny. It was weird, man. It's just a plethora of dicks. It was a plethora of dicks. So I have this avalanche of four years worth of papers falling out of my locker with a lot of peni just on the inside of this door. So somebody was drawing dicks on the inside of the door and maintaining the level of paper inside the locker somehow. I've been out of school for nearly 20 years, and I have not. (laughs) considered that that's incredible and how do they not get caught drawing dicks all the time that's a great question unreal wow 
That's not even the meanest thing that was done to me. I know that because that was hysterical. <laughs> if you'd gotten in trouble, maybe it would have been the meanest, but you got off scot-free. You know what? The meanest thing that was ever done to me in school is in middle school. And one of my friends threw a, a chocolate milk at me that he thought was empty. And it was very much not. Oh. And it got all over my shirt. And I, I felt horrible about it because like we were joking around. And right away, he gets called like the principal's office and stuff like that. And they're like, what happened? I was like, it was an accident. Like, I'm totally just, I don't give a shit. And the guy got like suspended for two days. Oh, no. And I was like, no, it was an accident. He didn't, oh, God, I can't get out of this one somehow. <laughs> and I just had a chocolate milk shirt on for the rest of the day. That was Sometimes great. you got to wear a chocolate milk shirt. That can't Builds be character. That can't be it. I'll figure nah. it out. Regina offers to talk to Aaron on Katie's behalf but instead kisses him in front of her and resumes their relationship. What a fugly slut. Feeling betrayed, Katie fully commits to Janice's plan to damage Regina's reputation. Up to this point, I wasn't sure why she was going along with Janice's plan, because the only commitment she had to her was like the day before the plastic said, sit with us. They were like, hey, sit with us. The plastics seem okay for a while. They're very yeah. much over the top and a lot to deal with. Yeah. but. They don't seem that bad until obviously. And Katie says as much. She's like, they don't terrible, seem that but, bad. Yeah. Regina tells Katie that she and Janice were once friends until she accused Janice of being a lesbian and ostracized her. She says in middle school, they were like best friends. And you have to yeah. figure that from middle school to high school, you're only looking at like a four year jump. But in like the time span of their lives, that's like a solid quarter of their life. That's true. Like it's one of those weird things where you realize that the middle school to high school jump is enormous yeah. in terms of time. Like I'm now, obviously, who gives a shit? Never but. really considered it. But yeah, but now four years is like, yeah, whatever. It's four years. But back then, yeah, was, that's a quarter of your life. It is. I mean, we all went through changes in that time. I started smelling a little differently and grew <laughs> hair in places that I still can't explain. Yeah. Nick Kroll made a whole show about it on Netflix. That's right. <laughs> I'm going through changes. Did you watch History of the World Part 2? I have not. Of the Nicholas Kroll? I have not. It is exactly what you think it would be. And I completely dug it. All right. That sounds like um, a glowing recommendation? It's a recommendation. There it is. That's why glowing was with a question mark. <laughs> yep, that's very fair. <laughs> because Nick Kroll. Exactly what I would expect from Nick Kroll. Well, it's not even just Nick Kroll, because the it's, three well, people yeah. kind of behind it, the driving forces, you got Nick Kroll, you got Ike Barinholtz, and Wanda Sykes. Mm. It's not a trifecta you would expect, <laughs> and it works. <laughs> oh, I'm very in, uh, interested in seeing what that's about. After their attempts to sabotage Regina's wardrobe backfire, Katie, Janice, and Damien plan to turn Gretchen against her. They make it seem as though Regina has sent candy cane grams to Katie and Karen while excluding Gretchen. And you go, Glenn Coco. I love how devastating this is. Oh, yeah. To Gretchen. It's a lot like if in The Good Place you called someone basic. It's like calling one of the Marx Brothers an upstart. <laughs> what a weird duck soup bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so you, can't, you can't do that. Oh, God. I love that movie. I love that movie so much. <laughs> Candy cane grams for just two of the plastics? Betrayal. High school's a weird time, man. Big time. <laughs> Regina further humiliates Gretchen during their dance performance at the Winter Talent Show, leading Gretchen to tell Katie all of Regina's embarrassing secrets. What's with this dance performance? Like, there's no way 
they would be able to get away with this. Uh, you know what? 2004, I was in high school, and you're damn right. There was no way they would get away with this. No way! Like, you know the teacher who's running that entire talent show is just like, spank, bank full for a while. We're good. Maybe it was the gym teacher. <laughs> it could have been the gym teacher who's hooking up with all the Asian chicks in the school. Oh, boy. Did you have any of those types of teachers? Uh, actually, <laughs> uh-huh. it was, it was uh, the athletic director. Oh, it usually is. I was going to say, one of the soccer coaches got fired for mm-hmm. uh, that. For exactly Or, that. I don't know if he did that, but he uh, definitely flirted with all that. <laughs> and I know after I had graduated, one of the teachers who I had, he got got. Ooh. I mean, that's good that he got got. I assume he, but nowadays it could be either. I don't know, man, because there's like a certain part of me that whenever I see like those weird clickbait things of like hot teachers who got busted, I'm yeah. always clicking. I'm just like, I'm curious. <laughs> I want to see what's going on here. I want to see, like, would I, wouldn't I? And most of the time, I would. <laughs> oh, a 13-year-old me would have been all about that. Absolutely. <laughs> I would have no clue what to do, but they're teachers. It's what they do. Exactly. Maybe that's the problem with it. Educate me. <laughs> uh, all they're doing is extra credit for sex ed. That's all. That's right. I think. Even though sex ed was a lot of just put this condom on a banana and i'm just like mine hooks the other way we never got to like, do what? The, the condom on a banana bit unless it was a day i missed i feel like all sex ed was like if you do this you will get chlamydia if you do this you will get chlamydia if and you, you will die don't do this good chance you're probably gonna get chlamydia at some point and if you don't get chlamydia you're gonna have babies <laughs> that's right ah uh, to memorize where the fallopian tubes are how has that ever served me? Is there like a sex act that involves fallopian tubes that I'm just missing? <laughs> it's called tubing, Dave. Oh, damn it. What is tubing? Can you tell me about tubing? I cannot. Uh, you, should, you should have learned about it in health class. <laughs> you pull the shoot a lot faster on tubing than you did about talking about Africa. <laughs> I just want to let you know that. <laughs> yeah, well. I don't know. So in terms of what Brian is willing to stare dead in the eyes and not blink, he'll totally blink for sex stuff, but he will not blink at racism stuff. You know, just Illinois people being Illinois people. Fair enough, I guess. I say as I sit here in Illinois. I was going to say, you're on the road for this one. Yeah, I'm um, remote from my usual remote location, remote squared. Picking on all these Illinois folk. Did you, like, go there just to get in the Mean Girls spirit? Yeah, that was the idea. I was like, you know what? If we're doing Mean Girls, I'm going to do it from the source. That does explain the pink shirt and the skirt. <laughs> you wish you could look this good, betch. <laughs> so Katie informs Aaron that Regina is cheating on him, prompting them to break up, and she tricks Regina into eating nutrition bars that cause her to gain weight. She's so mean, also. She's also very mean. Following a sharp drop in Regina's reputation, she is replaced by Katie as the new Queen Bee. That seemed easy to dethrone her. Very easy. I don't know why neither Gretchen or Karen has done it yet. I don't know. Like It, it didn't seem all that difficult, but they are kind of just sheep. They're going to follow whoever. That's true. Neither of them has leadership qualities. <laughs> like they need Quentin to attend Petra the seminar. Shiner. That's right. Katie throws a house party while her parents are away, 
and drunkenly admits to Aaron that she has been deliberately failing math class to make him help her, but he rebukes her for becoming as manipulative and image-obsessed as Regina. Oh, sick burn, Aaron! Yeah, Aaron was like, you know that girl's making out with yesterday? You're just like her. Get out of my life. I don't like girls who fake not knowing math. (laughs) That's just not what I'm into. I liked you when I thought you were dumb, but now I know you're smart, and I'm not into that. If I know that you're willing to fake calculus, what are you going to do if we ever make sex? Probably not even going to let me give you a tuber. <laughs> tuber? <laughs> do you think there's a difference between a right tuber and a left tuber? Oh, there's definitely a difference, Dave. Come on, if you don't know that. Wow, I'm just learning so much. I feel like a whole new avenue of curiosities has been opened up. <laughs> Next thing you're going to tell me is that you could do stuff with the butt. I don't think so. That sounds yucky. That does sound yucky. That's where poop comes out of. Janice and Damien confront Katie for lying to them about the party and remaking herself in Regina's image. Janice had an art show. She's like, you should come to my art show. She's like, I can't. My parents are taking me out of town. Then she stayed. When her parents left town, she threw a party. She didn't invite the the nerd friends. It's very office when you think about it. Yeah. Like, not with the party and everything like that. It's just the fact that they don't want to go to an art show, and I get it. I get it. It's the most relatable part of this movie. And that's when Michael Scott showed up and was like, I'll buy that painting. How much? And Janice was like, no, I'm upset about this painting. And she just throws it at Katie. If Michael Scott ever had a chance for a little uh, pity fun, that was it. Oh, yeah. Like, that was it. The door was, I don't want to say it was open, but it wasn't closed. (laughs) It was the most open it ever was in the entire series. Might have been just a crack, but. That's all you need, though, sometimes. (sighs) Sometimes you just got to run to the girl, to the homecoming queen and ask her to prom before your buddy does. That's all you have to do sometimes. You just need that small opening. (laughs) He hasn't like talked to me since high school graduation. (laughs) (laughs) I hope he hate listens to this podcast and he hears you bring this up and laugh. Oh, there's no way that's going to happen. This guy's a Like to the point, I'm so confident about I'll fucking name drop. Like I'm not even scared of that. Katie accuses Janice of being in love with her, and Janice declares her a mean girl and renounces their friendship. Is this while she's hanging out of the roof of a car or something? Yep. That's weird. She throws a this painting at her. a weird thing to do. She, and Katie opens up the painting, and it's the three of them. She's like, oh, I'm a bad friend. That was an awfully quick turnaround on the friendship meter of doing a painting of people. Yeah, I like, agree. That's a little too quick. It gets to the point that it's almost creepy. It's it's almost stalkery. Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, new girl, welcome to school. Be our friend. I'm going to paint you now. <laughs> She's not giving it back. It was a gift, Todd. <laughs> Realizing Katie's betrayal, Regina retaliates by distributing the contents of the burn book throughout the school, inciting chaos among the girls of the junior class. Just the junior class. Just just the junior Very class. Very specifically the junior class. <laughs> she avoids suspicion by inserting insults about herself, and blame is placed on Katie, Gretchen, and Karen. Smart move. It is a pretty good move. Even though this principal definitely is smart enough that when Regina says, I may look at it, she makes fun of everyone but one person. <laughs> so we know who did it. We know who it was. To restore order, Principal Duval. Tim fucking Meadows. Goddamn. He's so good. He sells upset education authority figure in this movie so well. 
I don't think he is upset. He's definitely hammering home the, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed, which is so much worse. So much worse. You don't want to upset Tim Meadows. You don't want to disappoint Tim Meadows. No, that is like heartbreaking. <sighs> He's willing to keep them there till four o'clock. I'll still keep you here four. all night. We can only keep them till four. I will keep you here till four o'clock. And you never once paid for drugs. Not once. Principal Duval and math teacher Miss Norberry, who, of course, Tina fucking Faye, the writer of this movie, gather the female junior students in the gym and make them apologize to each other. Which is strange. It is. Like, she's very good at her job. I like it a lot. But it's so weird you gather one specific class of girls together and then they're all just kumbayaing all over this gym. Like, it's, <laughs> it's weird, right? It, it goes from, it's like, all right, who here has said something mean about somebody else? And everybody raises their hands. And who has said something mean said about them? And everybody raises their hands. Like, all right, now fucking fix it. Also, how did Tina Fey not get fired in the first scene of this movie when she gets coffee spilled in her shirt and then she goes to change and she pulls up literally at everything? <laughs> and it's just broad Tina Fey. Yeah. Standing in front of a classroom. Yeah. She's like, my shirt's stuck to my sweater, isn't it? Yep. Right in front of the principal. Again. Again. That would be on a website that I would be clickbait and I'd be like, yeah, all right. Yeah. This will lead to weird cookies later, I'm sure, but <laughs> this is where we are now. So if you're ever trying to infect Dave's computer, just hide it behind a link of a hot teacher. Apparently. That's all with it a takes. And Dave will be curious enough. <laughs> I will be. I will be. I wish they showed the students more. Like, I get why they don't. Right. Like, legally, they can't legally because they can't. they're minors. But, like, I want to know. Like, who police are these sketch students? it or something. Yeah. Right? Give like, me an idea. A courtroom rendition with, like, the side of a crayon or something. Who are That's these all I want. Absolute stud 14-year-olds who are pulling these teachers. It blows my mind how that could happen. Like, how is a teacher even attracted to a 14-year-old? Yeah, first of all, gross. I agree. But if you're that 14-year-old? Legend. Instant. <laughs> Absolutely. They're singing songs about those kids in, <laughs> later in life. That said, still disgusting. Still it's still disgusting. It's still illegal. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I don't think anybody was considering doing well, it. Well, not anymore. Them. I can't think like any middle schoolers. <laughs> like, yeah, if you're married to a teacher now and she's hot and you're like in your 30s, go for it. That's fine. Uh, all of our teacher listeners are like, all right, fine. You convinced me not to do it. Man, I'm so happy I saw this thing after I worked with Tina Fey and got to know her pretty well because mm. I'd have trouble looking at her the same way. Okay. What does that say about you, Dave? I don't know. Like, <laughs> images stick with you. They do. And it's like, I've literally driven in her minivan multiple times in my life. That's and amazing. it's like, this is strange, man. Now that I know what you look like under there, it's weird. <laughs> As I move your child's seats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I spilled coffee on your sweater. Wait, this reminds me of something. Regina insults Janice's sexuality, prompting Janice to reveal her entire plan to destroy Regina's reputation as all the other students cheer. You know, during their kumbaya moment. <laughs> right. She just nukes the entire room. <laughs> Regina storms out, pursued by an apologetic Katie, and she is struck by a school bus, fracturing her spine. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> it's amazing because it comes out of nowhere, but they also kind of hint at it twice in the movie before it happens. They do, which is crazy, but I love the line, Lindsay Lohan's like, and that's how Regina died. No, nah, <laughs> just kidding. But I'm sitting there like, whoa, hold on a second. Yeah. A lot just happened. 
When Miss Norbury is investigated as a drug dealer due to the comments Katie wrote in the burn book, Katie takes full blame for the book. That's very sweet of her. She's It is. Having her very, very quick arc turn here. Yeah. It's quick. It's super quick. It's, it's like almost instant. It is instant arc. She's shunned by her peers and distrusted by her own parents, but gradually returns to her old self. Her old self that just wears jeans, polos, and a ponytail. That's, that's right. She wears ponytails multiple days of the week. That's how you know she's not a plastic anymore. That's right. She joins the school mathletes at the state finals, um, mostly because Miss Norbury makes her so she can yep. pass calculus, answering the tiebreaker correctly and winning the championship. You know what? Good on you, movie. Good job. Way to drop the mathletes in there. I like it. There is no limit. No, there isn't. That's how she, she says it, and she's super excited about it, and hey- Bravo, I Bravo. guess, movie. The team arrives at the Spling, spling Fring. <laughs> <laughs> they arrive at the Spring Fling Dance, which I love that the championship for mathletes is the same day as the Spring Fling, and they like don't even give them time to change. They're just like, all right, here's some letter jackets from winning the, the mathletes championship. Now go on and do that dance and not get made fun of. What if they lost, though? That's the, would they, they still lost? get their, their cool jackets? I don't know. It felt like um, Kevin was the one who had the jackets, so they probably would have gotten them anyway. Uh, fair. Kevin's a mathlete. Kevin is a mathlete. He's like the head honcho mathlete who's doing his best Aziz and sorry impression. But before Aziz, really? Because right. 2004, I mean, Aziz was kind of around. He was starting out for sure, but yeah. this kid is leaning in. Yeah, he's definitely doing that. So the team arrive at the dance. Katie is elected queen of the spring fling, but she declares that all of her classmates are wonderful in their own way, and she snaps the plastic tiara and distributes the pieces to the other girls in the crowd, including Janice, Gretchen, and Regina. It's the corniest part of this movie. It, it absolutely By, like, a is. lot. She rekindles her friendship with Janice and Damien, makes up with Aaron, and reaches a truce with the plastics. The plastics disband at the beginning of the new school year. Regina joins the lacrosse team to positively manage her anger. I love that, though. Yeah, it's a good it's outlet. It's an outlet. Everyone gets a win. Yeah, and the athletes aren't afraid of her. No, why would they be? Karen becomes the school weather reporter because of her special talent. She can feel in her boobs whether or not it might be raining. That is a talent. Isn't it? Of the special variety. Like, I have a knee that doesn't work anymore, I feel yeah. like. I got surgery on to repair a meniscus, but now it just tells me whenever the weather's going to suck because it just hurt like shit. But I can't tell you what it's going to be. Well, I like that the, the shot they show is her standing in the rain, grabbing her own <laughs> boobs, saying there's a 30% chance it's raining right now. That's fantastic. I love that so much. That's a good character moment for Karen. Like, yeah. it works for her. She's been kind of the over-the-top the ditzy one. one the entire time. Like, yeah. The stereotypical what you'd expect. Exactly. And Gretchen joins the cool Asians clique. Aaron graduates and attends Northwestern University while starting a relationship with Katie. You know that's going to last because college kids are always staying with their high school girlfriends. I've seen Road Trip. It's not going to last. Reflecting on the relative social peace that has taken over the North Shore High, Katie notices a trio of new junior plastics in freshman year and imagines them being hit by a bus. Dude, Katie's got some things she's got to work through. But that is Mean Girls from 2004. Brian, well, this is a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. 
Roger Ebert saw this bad boy and he gave it three out of four stars. Nice. He said, in a wasteland of dumb movies about teenagers, Mean Girls is a smart and funny one. It even contains some wisdom, although I hesitate to mention that lest I scare off its target audience. Don't tell people that it's smart. It's a smart movie. It really is. It hits the corniness right at the right level, but it reminds me so much of something like a 30 Rock, created by Tina Fey, where every actor in that show plays a character that is pretty much themselves on steroids. Right, the most exaggerated version of themselves. And that's what Tina Fey kind of did here with high school. Yeah. How there's no just, like, normal average people. Everyone has their own spot that they belong to, which is kind of how a high school student thinks of it anyway. Yeah. I think it's terrific. I think the story's pretty good, how she tries to get in for revenge, but then at the same time realizes, let me give this a shot, too, and becomes what she hates. Yeah. You know, she doesn't know she hates it because she doesn't know she's she trying to it. figure herself out also. She was homeschooled in Africa. Exactly. For her whole she's, life. she's just trying to figure out who she is, what clique she fits into, and uh, along the way realizes that she doesn't want to be a mean girl. Eight. I like eight. I think it's appropriate, especially with her, her quick arc turn at the end. Well, we're about to hit some big numbers coming up. Oh, yeah. Casting. Casting has got to be at least a nine. Yeah. At I'm, least. I'm inclined to go 10 with it. I will not fight you on it. I mean, if you look at what the options were in 2004, they they got the best of the best. They really did. The cream of the crop. Yeah. So I'm going to go 10. Protagonist. Lindsay Lohan, the 11th greatest performance <laughs> of the century, according to The New Yorker. Wild. She's terrific in this movie. She's so good. She plays this role brilliantly because she kind of has this really innocent way of speaking, but also... There's a lot of curiosity behind everything that she says. Right. But she can go overboard into that really super manipulative area. Yeah. While somehow keeping the weird, innocent charm alive. Like, us as the audience, we see where she's going. Yeah. We see that she is definitely turned to the dark side. Yeah. But there's something about her also that you're not totally buying. There's still the redeeming factor somewhere in there that you know is there. It's a very nuanced performance. I can't believe I'm going to say this. But it's a 10 for Lindsay Lohan. It is a 10 for Lindsay Lohan. Say what you will. Antagonist. Regina George is one of the weird modern movie villains that is just so, 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 so good. (laughs) So manipulative. Expert level manipulation. It is. You never know what she's going to do next. It's just, you know, it's going to be mean. You don't know what level of mean it's going to be. There is no floor to how low she'll sink there's a scene in this movie where she calls up on behalf of gretchen she calls up this guy that she used to date's new girlfriend's mother and pretends to be planned parenthood to get this innocent girl who had nothing to do with the situation grounded and no longer dating gretchen's ex-boyfriend and she takes so much pride in it too it's they unbelievable all the levels that she goes to i again can't believe i'm gonna say this for mean girls but a 10. That's a 10. Let's talk about the screenplay. Tina Fey crushed it. Tina Fey crushes it. And you know what? It's wild to me that this is based on a book called Queen Bees and Wannabes, which does not have any kind of plot. It is a nonfiction book about um, helping your daughter survive cliques, gossip, boyfriends, and other realities of adolescence. Right. So Tina Fey had to pretty much write what she experienced in high school in order to 
facilitate the scenario of this movie. Yeah. I think she did a great job. I think some of her jokes are just way too corny, but I also think that's kind of a Tina Fey-ism. Yeah. I also know they had to pull some stuff back to not hit an R rating, too. They flirted with it, for sure. They did. I think I want to go with, I think, another eight. It's a good screenplay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down with that. Eight it is. Style and tone. I think it captures high school life really well, even though it is so over the top. I like the little cutaways that remind me of Scrubs that they have. It both feels like 2004 high school, but it also has a certain timelessness to it. Which is really hard to pull off. Yeah. Things like um, using fetch as the, as the word to be cool. Tina Fey decided to not use something that was actually in the popular lexicon so as to not date the movie. Which makes it timeless. And yeah. they focus so much on clicks that have been around for forever and they're going to be around for forever. Exactly. That I think it really, oh, it works. It does. It works so well. For style and tone, I want to go with a seven. Okay. Just because I think the way it's shot is fucking garbage, but. <laughs> and the editing is a nightmare. I don't know if you watched that for that at all, but like the continuity of this thing is not good at oh, no. all. No, it's not. It's terrible. Like an actress will have her head like tilted and smiling, and then they cut, and her she's like completely upright and stone faced. <laughs> like that was noticeable. Yes, I'm staring at Lacey Chabert a lot. Uh, I'm absolutely. gonna pick up on that. <laughs> I'm gonna notice seven for style and tone. I think so. Seven, it is director. Mark Waters. He Mark does an Waters. okay job. This is his follow-up to Freaky Friday, his second consecutive Lindsay Lohan movie in two years. He does an all right job. I mean, the thing about this is it's definitely shot like a comedy. It is, but I also feel like it wants to lean into the comedy a lot harder than it wants to lean into the teen melodrama. Yes. By like a lot. Yeah. I think that's where the confusion might come into play directing-wise because you do have this really, really strong screenplay and then you do put faces that we know yeah into this thing so whenever you start doing those cameo type roles it becomes a little tricky it's really hard to remove the person from the cam- from like the actual role right right you can't really take amy poehler out of june george you can't but you also can't take tina fey out of miss norberry right and she's not in the movie enough to make it not a cameo right so i don't know if i throw that on a director but what directing did he really have to do it's so many actors and actresses going over the top yeah in the best way yeah and i'm curious how much of it was actually handled with the writing and producing between tina fey and lorne michaels yeah i'm gonna go with like a five it's five probably the, uh, might be the low point of the movie You're probably right however next category is music <laughs> i don't remember any of it i don't remember uh, a single thing from the score for sure the, the soundtrack is all right i mean it's what you'd expect from 2004 girl power movie there were some songs I got surprised. I was like, that milkshake song's been out for that long? Oh my God. Uh, I'll go two. It's so not memorable. Yeah. Two for the soundtrack. Two for music. Next is Box Office. This movie made a ton of money. It didn't. It didn't cost much at all to make. It's a very cheap movie. $17 million. Uh, it ended up grossing $130 million, which for a comedy is, is a pretty big one. Uh, that is a 765% return on investment, which is obviously a 10. Obviously. This movie crushed it. Possibly even 11, but I'm okay with just leaving it at 10. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and the final category is impact on the industry. On the industry, I'm not too sure if it's terribly large, but weirdly on 
culture on pop culture. Yeah, it's culture huge. itself. This movie gets quoted regularly by people who haven't even seen it. I'm trying to think, like, in terms of the industry, what came after this to make it work? Because almost directly after the, I don't want to say almost directly after this, you got like something like a super bad. Yeah, you start to get into the more raunchy type movies, like Twenty One Jump Street or something like that. This isn't a terribly innocent movie, but I think it still has a lot of that '90s DNA to it. Yeah, yeah, I think this is this is probably the beginning of the shift away from the Apatow movies, um, or not so much the Apatow movie, but like your everything being Will Ferrell all the time. Right. I'm kind of more thinking of it as a shift away from like the How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days or Ten Things I Hate About You or whatever those. Okay. Are. Uh, Just rom coms. Yeah, typical high school rom coms of the '90s, especially. Obviously, in the '80s, you're dealing like with your Brat Pack. You, we don't touch all that. that. Yeah, never been kissed. That type of stuff. Yeah, it's worth mentioning that this did have a made-for-TV sequel that came out in 2011. That's um, never a good sign, though. There was a potential spinoff called Mean Moms that stalled out in 2014. As recently as last year or this year, there have been active talks of a sequel. Still, 18 years later, after. Multiple failed projects. I'm going to go with a four. Well, hold on. I'm not done. Oh, oh, more. Every single person who is in this movie is on board. They're all just waiting for Tina Fey to write a sequel. Um, It got adapted into a Broadway musical that debuted in 2018. Did it really? A Where? full Mean Girls Broadway. Well, I got that, but I mean, I never heard of it or saw it or anything. And um, there is a film based on the Broadway musical that is in active development. There's so much active development or... Projects that got off the ground and fell to earth again. I, I don't know, man. Yeah, but I mean, Tina Fey has actually said that this one is happening. Like the, the musical version of Mean Girls is happening. Okay, five. <laughs> five. I'm going straight down the middle on this thing. because I don't know. It feels bigger than that to me, just based on memes and pop culture references. and Seven. Well, seven it is. I felt like you were going to fight me on a six. I don't know why. I, I mean, maybe, but... Okay, well, now we'll never know. Now we'll never know. That's going to give Mean Girls a total score of 77, which I think is going to make us safe. I think that's probably low, if I had to guess. That is weirdly in the middle on Rotten Tomatoes, because the critics gave this thing an 84%, and the audience gave it a 66%. Oh, wow. Which is strange. That's surprising. the amount that it's quoted. And I I mean, I knew a lot of quotes in this movie without ever having seen it. That says something. (laughs) This movie's terrific. If you haven't seen it, it is so good and so mindless that it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah. Yeah. And don't be turned off of it just because, you know, it's pink and has Lindsay Lohan in it. It is. It's a fantastic movie. Right. Save all your weird bigotry for Marvel movies for female leads. <laughs> Unleash it there. Like, I know you will anyway. Like, you uh, by the way, the trailer do. for the Marvels. So fantastic. Good. I can't wait to see that movie. It looks amazing. So that brings us to the next part of our show where I get to ask you to beer me a movie. Brian, there's a certain franchise that me and you have talked about a lot, about how it starts out with uh, these guys stealing a truck full of DVD players, and now for some reason there's a Jason Momoa and they're jumping cars off a building? Yeah. But we're not going to talk about that movie. We're going to talk about a different car movie, and we're also going to have two guests on for it because the experience grind boys kyle and sean are going to join us next week when we talk about 2000s gone in 60 seconds oh it's been um far too long since we've talked to cage we haven't on this show yet have we 
No, I think the kids call it a minute. It has been a minute. Now, we're way overdue to talk Nick Cage, and we're going to write that wrong with our good buddies, Kyle and Sean. Next week, Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh, it's very exciting. Until then, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Send us your movie suggestions for this month's listener pick. Uh, our patrons always get double the picks, so make sure to join us on Patreon. Uh, this month, our exclusive episode is going to be Good Burger featuring our good buddy Ryan. It's going to be very exciting. It's going to be another commentary track. Thank you, everybody, yes. for watching Mortal Kombat along with the commentary. The comments we got back were fantastic. Yeah, we, we got to do another. Appreciate the feedback and very excited to do Good Burger next. <laughs> You can email your movie picks, questions, and comments to bearmeamoviepod at gmail.com. And, well, guess what? I have an email from Phil Hawkins. He has a question for the show. Phil Hot Take Hawkins? Phil Hot Take Hawkins has a question for the show, and I did not notice that there was an attachment. Oh, dear. All it says is, question for show, see attachment. So I'm going to send you this attachment right now. The question posed in the attachment is, should BVS Doomsday have had his cock out like Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen? <laughs> and of course, there is an illustration. Um, yeah, that is definitely a picture of <laughs> Doomsday showing his Doomsday. Um, <sighs> Phil, firstly, I don't even know why you're bothering asking. Of course he should have. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Like, obviously. Maybe doubt. that's where the DC leans in. You got Marvel, who's so busy covering up all the prenuses, and DC's just like, let him hang, boys. Let him hang. The Batwing is so veiny! <laughs> is that a waiting reference? It sure was! Uh, you can also follow us on our social media at Beer Me Movie Pod on Twitter and Beer Me Movie everywhere else, like Instagram and Facebook. And on Facebook, we always put up a post on our recording days asking for your questions. And we got a few. Jeff Miners asks, What movie is Peak Tim Meadows? And I'm so happy we quote a Walk Hard already because, Jeff, that's a silly question. It's a very silly question. If I didn't say Walk Hard, there'd be a problem. Stephanie Berry wants to know, Which plastic are each of you? <laughs> that's a good question. I think I got a little too much Regina in me. I was going to say, you're definitely a Regina. <laughs> I know where I stand. Uh, does Katie count? Can I be a Katie? I have main character syndrome, for sure. Yeah, you can definitely be a Katie. I'm probably more of a Christian, I, I've though, seen you get on that dark side, and it's weird, just because you're like <laughs> one of those jolly people I know. Uh, but yeah, that is fair. You are definitely a Katie. All right, I'll take it. And Micah Perdue wrote in and said, why didn't fetch happen? Because you can't make it happen. You can't make it happen. Regina told you. She's the queen bee. Yeah. Are you, are you questioning Regina George right now, Micah? Come on. The silly thing to do. And he also said, bonus question. How thankful are you that you get to watch this movie using my HBO Max login? To which I say, Micah, ha, get off your high fucking horse. I didn't watch it on HBO Max. I watched it on your Paramount Plus. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not even on HBO Max, is it? It's on Paramount Plus. Brian, you got anything else? <laughs> no, that's it for me. Fantastic. We're going to see you guys next week for Gone in 60 Seconds. See you then.